Hey everyone, my name is Chris Posterposterson. I am from Sounds Like an Earful, and I am back with another super deluxe special edition episode of the Sleep With Me podcast. Just in case you haven't heard one of these yet, here's the deal. Usually I am behind the scenes helping Scooter with some of the editing of the podcast, but every once in a while he asks me to take a show that we recently aired and add some music and some sound design to it in order to make it a super deluxe special edition show. We do that as a way to say thank you to all those of you who are supporting the show on Patreon, PayPal, Venmo, any of those things. If you are currently a patron of the show, thank you very, very much. If you are not and you get value out of it, you can go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash patron and you can give as little as a dollar a month to help Scooter to continue to make the show, to help us do these fun special edition episodes, and to help some other people get some much needed rest. All right, that's it for my intro. Thanks very much for checking this out. I hope you enjoy it. Here's my cat. Let's get into it. Hi, are you up all night tossing, turning, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Wondering what it might be like to listen to Scooter from inside my cat's belly? Well, welcome. This is the Sleep With Me Podcast Super Deluxe Special Edition Show number 13. I think this might be the weirdest one we've done yet. Um, so, I, I, this, I don't know how to explain this. I have a cat, his name is Momo, and sometimes he purrs very loudly when we're having a nap in the middle of the day. And I really like that sound, and I thought that I could share that with you guys. Um, if you're not a cat person, I apologize. But if you are, then you will love this Super Deluxe Special Edition show. So what I did was I recorded Mo purring um, for a long time. And then I just added a little bit of subtle music. And I put some effects onto Scooter's voice uh, on one of his recent shows where he explains Dan Harmon's storytelling techniques put some effects on his voice to make it sound like Mo had eaten him and he was living inside of Mo's belly. I'm not sure why I did that last bit, but I hope you enjoy it. Here is a special edition episode of Scooter talking about Dan Harmon from inside my cat's stomach. It put me to sleep pretty quickly. I hope it can do the same for you. Thanks for tuning in. Good night, guys. Happy Tuesday to everyone. Uh, when I'm recording this, it's like September something. So by the time you hear this, actually, like uh, they might, this episode may come out right around the time I'm supposed to go on Harmontown, Dan Harmon's podcast. And I was pretty surprised to even be asked to go on. And I was really, uh, I'm really nervous about it, obviously, because I want to be a good guest. And Dan's real funny. And, uh, like, I just don't want to ruin his show. So hopefully I didn't, if this, if you're hearing this afterwards. And I don't think I will. I'll just do my best and I could just, uh, you know, just follow his lead. That's what I keep telling myself. Just listen 
and you know do your best but but this is so it, it's been about a month or month and a half since i knew i was going to go on the show and it's still a month away and i knew a decent a bit about dan you know i'd watched Har- the harmontown documentary and i listened to the podcast uh harmontown but, but uh and it, it seemed community and you know read some stuff about dan but i guess i did like i was a little bit ignorant of like how uh, much dan's written about story structure and it, like uh, how w- well uh, he's written about it and uh, and i haven't even read everything like because once i read a few basic things that he had written about it it was right around the time it was exactly the same time as nuns in space was about to get started and so this is going to be a little bit about story structure. Uh, so, so just, uh, but it, it'll be rambling. So, so you'll be set. Uh, uh, but, but for those of you that like structure stuff or story stuff, or anybody that's a fan of the musical cor- the cor- a cor- is it a chorus line or is that chorus line? I don't know. But uh, like, like those are the things we're going to touch on: dance, story structure, and a song from a chorus line. And you're already saying, oh boy. But so I was reading a lot about Dan's uh, like thoughts about story structure, which we'll, we'll, we're going to put to practice here, and I'll do, like butcher and paraphrase, and, and, uh, but I'll look up some of the stuff from Dan that Dan talks about. Um, but like, uh, so right before, like, uh, let's see, what's the back up? So every time I start a new series, uh, the Thursday episodes are written ahead of time. If you're new, or you didn't, you can you write this stuff too. And yeah, believe it or not, to make the podcast sound sleepy and like I'm sitting here telling this story takes a lot of work. And I'll probably repeat this one or two times, but believe it or not, the more structured the story is, the more boring and meandering it can be. Because uh, just like having, it because it's a structure, uh, I guess that explains it right there. Like, just because the story structure doesn't mean it has to be interesting. It doesn't have to be great structure, perfect structure. So, every time I've developed a series on the show that's written, which is every Thursday series, I've tried different ways of plotting them out. And it always comes down to, um, like, plotting out. Sometimes I try to plot out the season, and then every episode needs to plot it out. And I've tried different types of story structure or my own techniques, and I think this is the way it, it, anybody, that, like, this is how you learn stuff, by, by like, like, keep trying, and that's how I wanted to make this podcast, is keep trying different things, and I had a couple of things before I discovered all Dan's writing, like, and I was like, huh, maybe I'll try that out for this season, and because Nuns in Space is kind of a procedural, it kind of frees me up from having the pressure of having an overarching narrative for the whole season and wanting it being like, okay, because like, I usually try to plot it out for like 12 to 14 episodes and then it always goes long uh, because the structure in a series, I mean, there's just not like, a, you know, I'm writing, I don't have a lot of lead time. So it was just a perfect uh, happenstance that I started reading about Dan's story structure and I said, wow, this is interesting stuff and it seems really useful and powerful and it's based on some structure stuff that I already kind of, I mean, uh, I mean and I'll, uh, maybe I'll just explain what story structure is, what it means to me in a second, but 
But I said, geez, I could test this out with nuns in space and just see how it goes and see if I can learn it. And that's really the only, I mean, I'm sure if you're like, uh, you're like someone that like writes for a living already, you're, you have a different perspective on that. And maybe if you're someone that says, geez, I, I want to start writing, maybe you have a different perspective. But I guess I'm like a person that's like, okay, I'm, I don't find myself in, in a depth storyteller. But I love stories. I love telling stories. I love dreaming stories and thinking stories. And so, what does story structure mean? I mean, like the classic story structure of most things is, you know, stories have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And then you might say, like, it has stories have act one, act two, act three, beginning, middle, and end. Or they have act one, act two, a, act two, b. Like that might be more movie structure, which is a what I've always more focused on was like it, which is interesting about Dan's thing. While he was applying it to like some of his writings about his Channel 101 days, like so sh shorter stories. I don't know. It can. It's not just about uh, TV or movies. Uh, so uh, I guess that's what story structure means to me. It's like uh, uh, how you t start a story and then how you find your way to the end. And, and w even when I'm making up stories like uh, on the Tuesday shows, uh, they, they still need to have some structure. It's not like I'm stopping and thinking about the structure. So, and that's what's so great about practicing writing or using a structure for one thing is that, oh, then maybe my brain's learning it. Because a Tuesday episode, when I'm making up a story, I still need to find my way to the end. Otherwise, I don't know where I'm going. And then the story, it doesn't have any structure to hang anything on. Or like if it's a puppet, or like it doesn't have, if it doesn't have a skeleton, like the structure, how am I going to move it around and pose it and say, hey, it's the top of the day. You know, how can I have it tip its cap if it doesn't have structure? And I talk about a lot of this, and if you're really new, you might feel like, holy cow, this guy is very delusional. He makes a boring podcast that he only has to talk about nothing, and he really and, it, and he really believes he has to work hard at it, or he really works hard at it. And I'd say, I, see, I do see the irony in that. And I would say, if this podcast wasn't an extremely challenging thing for me, for me to make, I don't think I could make it three times a week, which I guess is paradoxical, too. But I believe, as the maker of the Sleep With Me, that uh, all the work that goes in the podcast and story structure are the things that make it work. And it's just like, other than the hard work and rigor, I think the secret of the podcast is narrative structure or nar the narrative and our familiarity with narrative. And that's why I say it's a bedtime story podcast because. Uh, I think we crave story and we tell ourselves stories about ourselves at bedtime or about like the noises we're hearing and sometimes they're simple stories like geez how irritating is that and they say what would I say to that person that's like honking that horn is that still a story and, and I guess if you break it down it might not have a classic story structure I don't know I guess I'm rambling that's one of the other things about this podcast that works my ability to ramble and go on tangents so I saw what would be so that so I came across Dan's story structure, started reading about it, but you only read so much. And the good thing is he's very concise and uh, simple. And a link to the articles. I think there's only like five or six that I read. 
very well written and easy to put right into use, which I think is great. So there's that's one thing. And then not that long after, after maybe a few weeks of playing around with this structure, this other thing came up for me, which was that it's some intro recently. I was kind of half joking and half seriously talking about um, my inability to feel feelings and how, uh, like a lot of times, I don't have a big emotional range. I'm trying to learn how to do that, and sometimes I joke about it, and sometimes I'm kidding, and sometimes I'm serious, but I'm like uh, a little bit numb inside, or that I have trouble emoting or connecting with my feelings. And uh, like, you know, something I'm working on. I don't encourage it. I say, geez, do you do, don't I don't I don't recommend kids if you're listening. Don't be dead inside, or don't be make yourself into an island or a fortress, or a fortress island, which is what I think I have going, uh, and become a hurt. You know, don't don't do the don't follow my path. Believe me, it might look. You say, oh boy, this guy's boring people. To see. He's living large, boring people to sleep. I got it. You know, don't you know. Follow those other things, like rigor. If you have something, just do it every day for a few minutes, whether it's playing the piano or painting model airplanes or telling stories or singing songs. Do it every day. You know, find some other people that are doing it professionally and see what their thoughts are, especially if they're getting paid to do what you want to do instead of, you know, like say, geez, do they, they have any comments on the, you know, with a professional model airplane, but that might be not the best example. But you know, there's probably people selling model airplane art somewhere. I mean, I would probably buy it for you know, not full price, by the way. You know, give me a discount since I just invented this new art genre. Uh, you know, model airplane arts. Sorry, you get see, I get distracted. <laughs> but so I was thinking about my like, a, like how I joke and I'm serious about my inability to feel feelings, and then our friend Maggie, who's a poet out on Twitter, uh, we had a little interchange where we were kind of joking around, and I said, uh, you know, what best sums it up for me is a song from a chorus line, Nothing, uh, which is this great song, which we're going to, and, and then I listened to that song, like I listened to the original cast version and then the 2000 revival version. Um, about uh, like I don't know a million times in a row, and I started to just realize like wow this song is so well structured, and I said I wonder how this song applies to Dan's story structure. And I thought about it, like I said that would be a good podcast episode to break down the structure of the song and to kind of talk about what I love about the song in a way to talk about Dan's ideas around story structure. So I don't know if, you know, I guess we're going to do it. So uh, that's what we're going to do the rest of the episode. But, for, you know, first for anybody who says, who's Dan Harmon and what's a chorus line? Or the cor- it's a chorus line, I believe. Let me just do, you know, let me just consult Wikipedia here so I can get some facts. So Dan Harmon is an American writer and producer best known for creating NBC series Community also co-created, which it just botched uh, uh, the Adult Swim series, Rick and Morty. Uh, he co-founded the alternative television network website, Channel 101. That's where I got a lot of story structure stuff from. Published a book, You'll Be Perfect When You're Dead, in 21st to 13, working on a second book. 
and he hosted a podcast called Harmontown. He's from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Brown Deer High in his house. He briefly attended Glendale Community College, which became the uh, basis of the show Community. So, I mean, I think a lot of podcast fans know who Dan Harmon is, and if you don't, you should check out his podcast, which is kind of like something like, uh, it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those podcasts that's like part comedy show and interview show, kind of like, like the good days of David, Le- I mean, I'm a David Letterman fan, in a, like a Conan fan. I don't. I, I work so much. I don't watch Conan anymore. Sorry, Conan. I know you're not listening, but but it's Dan and Jeff B. Davis. There's also the there's a documentary about. It. I think it's on Netflix. And this guy Spencer, which is like this, that's like the part about the, the, the like how I don't know. I always look at people that can discover talent. Like they discovered Spencer. And when people have an eye for talent like that, that if you watch this Harmontown documentary, it's great. But one of the best parts about it is watching this kid Spencer and realizing his wit. I, I don't know, you're just realizing like, wow, they found, they, I don't know. I, again, I don't want to over talk it because, so listen to Harmontown. It's really funny, really genuine. You know, watch Rick and Morty. I think the next season is coming soon. Uh, so that's a little bit about Dan Harmon, then we'll get into the story structure stuff. I totally screwed that up. Sorry, Dan. And then, to, to, you know, talk about, so then a chorus line is a musical uh, with music by Marvin Hamlish, uh, lyrics by Edward Claiborne, and the, the book was by James Kirkwood Jr. and Nicholas Dante. It's uh, centered on 17 Broadway dancers auditioning for spots on a chorus line. It's set on the bare stage of a Broadway theater during the audition. Uh, chorus line provides a glimpse in the personality of the performers and the choreographer, you know, as they uh, talk during their audition. Uh, following several workshops uh, in an off-Broadway production, it premiered at uh, the Schubert Theater Broadway and Broadway in 1975. Directed and choreographed by Michael Bennett. It was a hit, 12 Tony Awards, Pulitzer Prize for drama. Uh, The original uh, production ran for 6,137 performances. Uh, Longest running production until Cats took it to beat it in 1997. And then Chicago passed that, so it's still the sixth longest running Broadway performance. Uh, now there's also the 2006 uh, revival of it, and that's the, the performance I've known most of was by Natalie Cortez. And it's, it's a beautiful, nothing to take away from uh, the original by Priscilla Lopez. Uh, those are the two I listened to the most. But it was, uh, let's see, the 2006 revival uh, opened in uh, 2006 uh, and closed in 2008 after 759 performances. It cost $8 million to finance and recouped its investment in 19 weeks. Uh, Mario Lopez was on the cast for a little while and it was the subject of a documentary. I didn't know this called Every Little Step. It was also a movie in 1985 that I never saw starring Michael Douglas. Uh, I guess it says it was unsuccessful. It was directed by Richard Attenborough, is this right? Uh, but 
So that's a little bit about the musical, of course, but we're going to be talking about the song Nothing. And the song Nothing is sung by the character uh, Diana Morales. And it is part of uh, montage number two, part two. Uh, so that's the song. So let's talk about now. So, so there's, it's a song uh, that will kind of uncover what it's about in the lyrics here. Uh, but so let's uh, like uh, let's see. So this uh, this is where I started with Dan's uh, story. His story embryo technique is what uh, I don't know if he calls it that. Uh, but this is all over at Dan's uh, Tumblr, danharmon.tumblr.com. I'm gonna try to find the date over here. Um, this was posted three years ago, uh, but I don't see a date. But it, someone at Hey Edia asked, uh, "Could you explain your story breaking process?" Yeah, this is a great place to start, and, and I actually like this is like uh, where I start doing some other stuff to get the ideas, and then I kind of use this uh, process that Dan talks about with the episodes for. Uh, uh, what's the name of the series they do? Uh, Nuns in Space. So I'm going to paraphrase. They dance to start with ideas, uh, and it, that can be anything. Uh, in this case, with Chorus Line, it's about uh, uh, acting school, I guess, is one of the ideas. Uh, but Dan says, you know, you can use poop, America, pickles, raccoon, number six, anything. Now, some ideas are going to come up with related ideas. Uh, he says, you know, if you think about raccoons, you might say, well, let's think about other things about raccoons. And he says, clouds of related ideas that your mind recognizes as related in any way are potential story areas. Uh, look for areas that make you laugh and cry. And in the case of a chorus line, or a case of nothing, we'll, we'll see. But I guess I'll read through this, then we'll kind of talk about how it applies. So then Dan says, draw a circle to symbolize your area because your story will take the reader through the, uh, and that's in quotes, you know, reader means whoever's experiencing the story, uh, through related ideas in a path around a central idea. And he says, he said, you know, you don't have to know what the central idea is. It might be dumb. You know, you're writing about raccoons. Now he says, divide your circle into a top half and a bottom half and ask yourself what those halves might be. And in the raccoon example, it might be positive thoughts about raccoons and negative thoughts about raccoons. And if that doesn't charge you, pick something else like raccoon thoughts and male raccoon thoughts and female raccoon thoughts or biological raccoon thoughts and storybook raccoon thoughts. And then at some point you're going to divide the, the, that area into two parts that creates a personal charge for you, like a battery. Like, oh, I like the idea that there's a difference between biological raccoons and storybook raccoons. You know, that tingled when I drew the line. I want to know more. And Dan says, that's impression of you nailing it. Uh, divide, the, the, divide the circle down the middle and pick another charge dichotomy for left and right. For instance, biological storybook raccoons could get divided into dishonest and honest. And now you have four quadrants. Probably not easy to follow the system of spoken. You can just go to sleep, but it, you know, uh, if you're if you, but you can also keep going to the right and you can show me. Divide the circle down the middle and pick another charge to down to right and left and right, honest and dishonest. Now you have four quadrants going clockwise. You have biological, dishonest, raccoon. That would be the top right. 
then storybooks is honest raccoon, then storybook honest raccoon, and then biological honest raccoon. Any point, this is an important part here, any point that you stop feeling sharp, go back a step or start over. Now, maybe back as far as realizing you want to write about raccoons. Uh, and he goes, people aren't going to like all this rewriting and restructuring. He says, stick with it. You know, he's really going to try to tell stories. And he says, when you find an area that yields four shark quadrants, experiment with protagonists. You know, for a friend, he says, okay, what about, how about a raccoon? So once upon a time, there was a confirmed biological raccoon, which is a storybook raccoon. Well, I think I donated a little teacher, uh, 
is not specific enough, but uh, I think that's the structure or, or the basic. Uh, it's in the structure. I guess this is like the, the meat of the thing. It's like I can be an actress. I can't be an actress. Uh, so if you were looking at the top right, if there's four quadrants, the first one would be Diana saying, I can be an actress if Mr. Carp teaches me how. And then the bottom right would be, I can't be an actress if Mr. Carp says I should, I'm not good enough. And then the uh, bottom left would be, I can't be an actress with, uh, and I don't need, I, with, I don't know what the bottom left would be. This, this is why this is good. I guess it's a good thing we're not writing a Holly, uh, Broadway musical. But this is, you can see the power of the structure is when I'm saying, huh. The power of this technique is not an answer to provide, but in the lens that like allows you to place over your story to say, huh, and then say, go back and start over, or find what's charged for you. So what in the second, the, the third, like a first quarter, second, so in the third quarter of the song, we're, so we're still in, I can't be an actress, I should give up, I guess would be the bottom left thing like carp or no carp oh and then the top one would be i can be an actress i just don't need mr carp uh, there's a spoiler but where, where do we get lost i guess we got lost with the mr carp thing the top and the bottom i think are solid because the top of the half is i can be an actress and that's the beauty of the song in the the, the beginning and the end is that the song starts with her joy of getting into this high school and so I'm thinking and talking here, but and then that she's like, wow, I have, I got into the school, I must have a chance to be an actress. And then as we'll go through the structural points, it realizes that uh, she meets her teacher, Mr. Carp, who's going to enable her to be an actress. He's the representative of the school. And then we get down to the next tangent. It's like, oh no, Mr. Carp says you can't, you're not going to be an actress. And then the next one would be. I can't be an actress. I, I guess like like this is would, would might be like, uh, but we don't without Mr. Carp. I guess it's like Carp and no Carp. The, the left side of the structure is no Carp, and the right side is Carp. The teacher and no teacher. But I guess it's specific. I guess yeah. Now she's like, I can't be an actress and Mr. Carp. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm still stuck in that. And then the top half, though, is I don't need Mr. Carp to be a good actress. I can be a good actress. So, okay, so 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 far, not doing that justice, but you could see the, 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 that this is more about the lens and, like, being like, okay, luckily I'm not trying to write this. I'm just trying to... But you see where I'm getting lost. It's like, okay, and maybe it's because I'm not understanding the meat of the song. So let's go to another quadrant here. You know, this is a sleep podcast, so I can talk about whatever I want. Like, the name of the song is Nothing. So maybe this is where it's at. Is that, yeah, I guess this is where the meat, it, this is where the subtext of the song is, and what does it for me is this lower subtext. Uh, like, I guess this is some like somewhat like making a sandwich, uh, and this is like the good part of the sandwich. So I guess like another thing in the quadrants, I think it's still, I can be an actress and I can't be an actress. Uh, maybe like the, all four quadrants are, I feel nothing, but uh, the right side is, I feel nothing and that equals bad. 
and the left side is I feel nothing that equals good. I guess that might be it, like, because if the top right quadrant is, a, I can be an actress, I uh, threw Mr. Carp, but I feel nothing. She still tries to overcome it because she says, well, I can be an actress in the first quarter. With Mr. Carp, that'll help me overcome the fact that I feel nothing. And then we get into the bottom right half, and it says, no, 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 I can't be an actress because I feel nothing, and because Mr. Carp tells me I can't be an actress. And then we get into the, like, uh, like the, 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 the bottom left, where it's kind of like, huh, well, I don't, I don't need Mr. Carp or whatever. Mr. Carp's not going to help me. But I don't think I can become an actress because I feel nothing. But she's more accepting. She's like, I feel nothing. Maybe I can't be an actress. Maybe I should just give up. I can't be an actress. Yeah, there, that's it. So in the, in the, if you're, you know, this is why you write this stuff out. Like Dan says, get a paper and a pen. But so the bottom left quadrant, I guess, would be. I guess so I'm cheating. I'm using three things, but uh, the top and the bottom half is, so the bottom half is I can't be an actress, but it's an empowering. She's saying, geez, maybe I can't be an actress. I don't feel anything. And Mr. Carp says I can't be an actress. But that's when things turn, and that's where the beauty of the story and the power of this song takes place. Is that it, like acceptance allows her to find, whoa, wait a second, I feel nothing. Maybe that doesn't mean, maybe that, and that's where the story rises again. She says, oh, I feel nothing, but I don't need Mr. Carp. I can be an actress and I feel nothing. And that's where it pays off. Oh, my goodness, it pays off. Okay, so I, if you're still with me, like uh, that was the, like the basics of the story on Rio, the, just the breaking of the story. And you say, geez, you took a beautiful song, Scoots, and you broke it for me. And I'd say, well, I'd say, thank you. That's uh, so, uh, what I do around, around here, these parts. But then let's talk about the specifics of structure. So Dan has like, uh, I think, four articles over at the Channel 101 Wiki. And they're great, but I gotta tell you, like, uh, I hear people that pay a ton of money to, to learn how to write stories. This will teach you, uh, well, let me just run through it. So this is by Dan, it's called Story Structure 101, super basic. And he, he again talks about make a circle and make it into four quadrants. And then start with the number one, where the number 12 would be in a clock, and then, like, uh, this one you probably need to see it, but you're basically going to end up with uh, eight points on the wheel, eight story points. Let me see if Dan explains it better. Storytelling is comes natural to humans, but since we live in an unnatural world, we sometimes need a little help. Uh, so he says, yeah, take a straw circle, divide it in half vertically, then horizontally, uh, starting at the 12 o'clock position, going clockwise. Uh, Number the four points where the lines cross, one, three, five, and seven. Then number the quarter sections, two, four, six, and eight. So that goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And here's Dan's structure. Uh, and it goes, I'll, I'll say the numbers and the structure, but it's pretty. Uh, number one, a character is in a zone of comfort. Two, but they want something. Three, they enter an unfamiliar situation. Four, adapt to it. Five, get what they wanted. Six, pay a heavy price for it. Seven, return to the familiar situation. Eight, having changed. 
Ian Dan starts to talk about, you know, just start thinking about what stories you love and do they follow this structure. And a lot of this is based on, um, you know, the hero within and, uh, like, the model myth and all this Joseph Campbell stuff. And Aristotle talked about it and, and all that. And, again, I can hear some people saying, oh, and I say, okay, well, like, I don't write in structure or, I, you know, that's too formulaic. It's like, exactly, but you need to learn, like, uh, if you learn the basic structure, then it won't be for I guess that's the weird irony or the paradox is if you really take the time to learn structure, whether it's Dan's structure or some other structure, pretty soon you'll learn that, okay, that's like, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I guess I don't know how to explain it, like, uh, the, the, but you need to learn story structure. Uh, you don't need to copy story structure or use it like paint by numbers. Uh, I guess that's what I'm saying. I'll get off my high horse and then go to Dan's story structure 102, pure boring theory. Uh, and Dan kind of said, this one's actually, you should just read this one because this is way deeper and it talks about, you know, Jesus, like, uh, you know, the good news and the bad news or, you know, the shadow self. Well, let me read a little bit. You know, like life and, you know, the state of not life. Uh, and how things are always in change, but it's usually change happens, uh, you know, like how we get fossil fuels. There was dinosaurs, and then they passed away, and then they got, you know, turned in goop, and now we drive around like using their stuff. Uh, you know, planet-wide creature life on Earth has been able to grow and thrive through an evolutionary arms race between uh, the various parts of itself. You know, some things, you know, we have a circle of life as, uh, that movie once saying, and this is what causes evolution and life to advance and spread, and that's what led to our brains. And he goes, geez, life in passing is 50%, you know, 50% of it, and then he says, well, maybe it's, con you know, and then he uses it, so conscious and unconscious. Uh, this is a little easier for me. Like your mind's a home with the upstairs and the downstairs. Upstairs, you know, things are well lit and swept, and People come over and you serve hot cocoa and play Scrabble. Downstairs is where you got all the uh, creaky stuff, and for me it's the story swamp. It's the unconscious, and it's the stuff you don't, won't, or can't think about. You know, whether you use Freud or Jungian, you know, it could be, you know, wires and pipes and stuff, and say, oh, there's a pipe, there's a cigar down there. I don't smoke cigars. You say, really? But this is also like where the life-sustaining energy is, but it's primitive and it's stinky and, you know, a lot of times we'd rather not think about it. But Dean says, however, your pleasure, your sanity, and in, in your you know, prosperity kind of uh, depend on occasional round trips and you've got to change the fuses, you know, get some Christmas ornaments, clean out the litter box. So you can't keep the uh, basement sealed, otherwise the whole home will become unstable and then things will get loud and then you'll try to cover up with neurotic behavior kind of just don't dislike me and for some you know the basement door could come off the hinges uh, and then, then what, who knows the whole point is says Orton Stan occasional ventures by the ego into the unconscious so through therapy meditation uh, confession and uh, you know other activity you know cathartic activities or a good story keep your consciousness in working order 
This is the rhythm of psychology. Conscious, unconscious, conscious, unconscious. And then Jane kind of talks about a similar idea with order and chaos, uh, like it's society's rhythm, uh, which is order and then chaos and then order and then chaos. That's the rhythm of society. And he talks about resonance. Now you understand that all life, including the human mind and changes we create, create marks the same very specific beat. If your story also marches to this beat, uh, it will resonate. It will also send your audience's ego on a brief trip to the unconscious and back. Your audience has an instinctive taste for that, and they're going to say yum. Experiment this week through the last two years. Story Structure 103 will simplify things. Uh, and here's the steps again, boiled down to the barest minimum while still being in English. Step one, when you. Step two, have a need. Step three, you go somewhere. Step four, search for it. Uh, step five, find it. Step six, take it. Step seven, then return. And then step eight, change things. Or even more basic, you need you. Step one, you. Step two, need. Step three, go. Step four, search. Step five, find. Step six, take. Step seven, return. And step eight, change. So let's see if we can just reply that to the song. Like, uh, while we get that last, uh, kind of, I guess that rambles a little bit. When you have a need, you go somewhere, search for it, find it, take it, then return and change things. So what I'm going to do is read through the lyrics of the song. But just think about that the song is based on the conscious and unconscious of the chaos and the disorder of the life and death thing of. Uh, you know, I can be an actress versus I cannot be an actress. And then also balanced out by this idea of like, uh, I can, I, I don't feel anything, that's a bad thing, versus I don't feel anything, that's just who I am, or that's not a bad thing, that, that, that's like an acceptance versus a denial. Okay, so this is nothing by the death of Diana. I'm excited because I'm going to go to the high school of the performing arts. I mean, it was that, and the song is so beautiful. I mean, literally, it, it, it gives me the chills every time I hear it, especially when Natalie Cortez sings it. Uh, but I, I was excited because I was going to go to the high school of performing arts. I mean, I was dying to be a serious actress. Anyway, it's the first first day of acting class. And we're in the auditorium, and the teacher, Mr. Carp, oh, Mr. Carp, anyway, he puts us upstage with our legs around one another, one in the back of each other, and he says, okay, we're going to do improvisations. Now you're on a bobsled, and it's snowing out, and it's cold. Okay, go. And this is when the song itself really gets good, but every day for a week, we would try to feel the motion. Uh, feel the motion down the hill. Every week, for a, every day for a week, we would try to hear the wind rush. Hear the wind rush, feel the chill. And here's where my chills come in. I dug right down to the bottom of the soul, my soul, to see what I had inside. Yes, I dug right down to the bottom of the soul, my soul, and I tried. I tried, and then she does an aside, she says, and everybody's going whoosh, whoosh, I feel the snow, I feel the cold, I feel the air, and Mr. Carp turns to me and he says, 
Okay, Morales. What did you feel? I'm getting the chills. I'm not kidding as I speak. And I said, nothing. I'm feeling nothing. And he says, nothing could get a girl transferred. They all felt something, but I felt nothing, except the feeling that this bullshit was absurd. But I said to myself, hey, it's just the first week. Maybe it's genetics. They don't have Bob's butts in Fenwad. Second week, more advanced, and we had to be a table, uh, be a sports car, ice cream cone. Mr. Carp, he would say, very good, except Morales. Try Morales all alone. And I dug right down to the bottom of the, my soul to see how an ice cream felt. Yes, I dug right down to the bottom of my soul and I tried to melt. The kids yelled nothing. They called me nothing. And Mr. Carp allowed it, which really makes me burn. They were so helpful. They called me hopeless. You know what part of the song this is, right? Hold. Until I didn't, really didn't know where else to turn. And Mr. Carp kept saying, Morales, I think you should transfer to Girls High. You'll never be an actress. Never. Uh, and Morales says, Jesus Christ. Went to church praying, Santa Maria, send me guidance. Send me guidance on my knees. Went to church praying, Santa Maria, help me feel it, help me feel it, pretty please. And a voice from down at the bottom of my soul came up to the top of my head. And a voice from down at the bottom of my soul, and here is what it said. This man is nothing. This course is nothing. If you want something, go find another class. And when you find one, you'll be an actress. And I assure you, that's finally what came to pass. Six years later, I heard that carpet died. And I dug right down to the bottom of my soul. And I cried. Because I felt nothing. And you can immediately, if you've been listening, you can see, I mean, holy moly. Uh, how, I mean, many payoffs this song has in, in a structural story way, and how much it just gives us a whole, I mean, and, and, and yes, I'm being a fanboy about dance structure and about this song, but I mean, holy moly. Uh, so let me just run through what this song is about, uh, just in case. I mean, basically, Morales, she goes to the High School of Performing Arts, She's got this teacher, probably his top teacher, Mr. Carp, and he says, here's how you act. You pretend you're on a bobsled. That's how you become a great actress. And, that's, and, and in this story, he says, that's the only way to become a great actress. And so they do this bobsled pretend thing, and she feels, and she just says, this doesn't work for me. He says, no, 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 it's not that it doesn't work for you. It's that you're not an actress. Try again. Because she was like, I don't feel anything. This is just strange. But she said, okay, let me try again. And then the second week, it would be a table, be a sports car, ice cream cone. And he said, you know, everybody's doing great except for you, Morales. 
you know, can, can you try one more time up on stage by yourself? And she dug right down to the bottom of her soul to see how an ice cream felt. And she tried, and, and not only could she feel nothing, but then the, she was too subject to humiliation by the class saying, you're nothing, and carp allowed it. Uh, they called me hopeless until I really didn't know where else to turn. And Carp said, you know, if you, you're never going to be actress Morales. And then she was at a point where she fell to her knees and she said, uh, Santa Maria, send me guidance, pretty please. And she dug right down to the bottom of her soul. And here's what it said, this man is nothing. This course is nothing. It's not you. It's this fool Carp. If you want something, if you want to be an actress, go find a better class. And then the empowerment part, and I assure you that is what finally came to pass. And then the beauty of the, the final structure point, which we'll get into, is that it has the last payoff. You say, well, she's, okay, she became an actress. No, 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 there's more. Six months later, I heard that Carp had died, and I dug right down to the bottom of my soul, and I cried because I felt nothing. Uh, so let's just pause there, because that's like the the end part. I mean, we're at the end of the eight and change. When you have when you have a need, you go somewhere, search for it, find it, take it, then return and change things. And in step uh, one or step 104, Dan kind of talks about the more specifics, but you, the character in a zone of comfort. So you, in this case, is Morales, uh, Diana, and she is she just she's in a zone of comfort. She just got into the high school of the performing arts. Uh, need uh, they want something? She wants to be an actress, and she wants to do well in Mr. Carp's class because he's the teacher, acting teacher. Uh, go, they enter an unfamiliar situation. In her case, it's this mess at acting with the stupid uh, bobsled thing where you sit there and you pretend you're on a bobsled. So you need to go. Diana wants to be an actress, goes to girls' high acting class, starts Carp's class. Uh, step one, pretend you're bobsled. She feels nothing. And this is, you know, where you get in the middle part of the show. This is like the act two. So then search. You need go uh, search, which is like, uh, I guess, step two. I guess step one and step two of the second week. We uh, tried to be an ice cream, you know, sports car, uh, be a table, ice cream cone. And she dug right down to the bottom of her soul to see how ice cream felt and she felt nothing and then it goes so find uh, she finds that two tries she still feels nothing not only does she feel nothing but that's a bad thing according to mr carp and according to mr carp letting the class bully her and say uh, you're hopeless they were so helpful they called me hopeless and mr carp allowed it so so even then we get a little bit of uh, the find find what they want is step five and step five is at the bottom of the circle uh, which in this case is I can't be an actress and she finds she feels nothing 
Mr. Carp allowed the class to make fun of her, he said, repeated that she'll never be an actress. She should transfer to Girls High. And uh, she, she's almost lost all hope. She's gone, and this is deep in the subconscious or wherever your belief system is, in the deep in the underworld. She falls to her knees. And it's even witty how she says, Jesus Christ, out of anger, and then goes straight into this prayer to Santa Maria. It just shows the quality of the right song, the lyric writing. But, you, you know, find and then take. You have to be, you, uh, you have to pay the price to acquire what you want uh, and take, which is step six, which is the first step. So she's down on her knees. And then she makes a call out to Santa Maria or the universe. And it's also this repeat of this, you know, the chorus where she says, and I dug right down to the bottom of my soul. And she tried with the first ones. And then she says, you know, if Santa Maria, please help me feel pretty, please. And then this time, instead of digging, the voice comes up from the bottom of my soul, came up to the top of my head. And the voice from down at the bottom of my soul hears what it said. Uh, and it says, this man is nothing. And now this is where I get, I get mixed up in the story structure. Is that like, I mean, she's paying the price at this point. She's given up, uh, like she's fallen to her knees. And said, she's without external help uh, from either the depths of my soul or from Santa Maria up in heaven or whatever. I have no hope, you know, the earthly, conscious power of Mr. Carp and my classmates and this is the, the, the best acting perform, school of performing arts that said you will never be an actress but as a, a soul or this gut thing says geez that's where I but I crave to be an actress so badly and then the answer comes back to her like so this is take and find I think is that the next one take oh and return you know so she she almost has to give up hope and also to say the answer comes back and that it's a hard one it, it sounds easy because it's in a witty song but actually this is where most people the answer comes back it says uh, hey this man is nothing this class is nothing if you really want to be an actress you got to work your ass off and screw Mr. Carp and screw this punk high school of performing arts punk go find a better class don't give up and she's actually living the story structure because it's saying, hey, you, you gotta get, you gotta start climbing up this freaking half circle here. It's Dan Harmon's half story embryo. Get off your ass and return. You know, return to, to, to you know, you gotta get out of this. I can't be an actress and climb just up a past that threshold to I can be an actress. I just have to find a better class. So return to the world and go in search of what is going to let you become a great actress. But as I say, the brilliance of the story doesn't just stop there. It says, okay, so Diane Morales is out there now uh, looking for a better class. You say, well, no, no, what about that other part of the story where she feels nothing? Wasn't that a central part of what was the resonance of why, why that's why I connect with the song? So if that's not uh, resolved somehow, it also doesn't make any sense. It's like, okay, so she went to find another class, but she can't be just doesn't feel nothing so how is she going to be a great actress and i think this is where this is why this the song was i mean i'm sure this is reflected in the rest of the chorus line this little difference 
is maybe where greatness comes through. And it's, this is like a way to put a lens on that was Dan's structure here, say, okay, so she went back and she looked for it and it's like, no, 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 no. And then how does it read again? It says, uh, six months late, and well, first she says, finally it did come to pass. I did go out, I did return, and I did search and find another glass. But then she says, six months later, I heard that Carp had died. I can't believe how good this is. As someone that writes stuff, I just can't believe how good this is. Six months later, I heard that Carp had died, and I dug right down to the bottom of my soul, and I cried. But, okay, oh, you say, oh, okay, that makes sense. So she's finally feeling something. I say, no, 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 no. You know, that, that, that's, not the, that's not where truth lies and change lies. And the real resonance is we know uh, we're broken people, uh, and we identify with other broken people that are struggling in rising, if it's a character in a story, say, well, I mean, this is what you hear a lot of people complain about, you know, about the pop, pop culture stuff. We're not in, we're doing that, but I, I, I'm, I'm having a chill. And six months later, her dick carpet died, and I dug right down to the bottom of my soul, and I cried. Well, why did she cry, Diana? Because I felt nothing. And it even leaves it open a little bit. It's like, okay, she's achieved success. The, the circular journey we went on in the song has paid off, and our character's rising back up again into the uh, world of I can be an actress. And in some sense, she's been healed because she says, well, I don't need Mr. Carp. But then it goes beyond that. It goes to the change thing that Dan was talking about and the monomyth and... Oh, why we get, why do I get the chills? Because she's come to somewhat of an acceptance that she feels not. She hasn't changed. She's going to say, well, now I chew gum and I'm just so darn happy. And maybe this is me projecting, but to me, it's, she says, uh, and I felt nothing. Like I cried at Carp's funeral because I didn't, because I didn't care. I mean, that's definitely projection, but like that uh, I've achieved what I wanted but I'm still a human being, and I'm still, I, I, I've achieved both an acceptance, but not a comfortableness. You know, there's a difference between being comfortable with something and accepting it. And those are so, things that are just so human and, and relatable. Uh, boy, is it so good? I mean, I, I, I know I'm gushing here about this, but it's like, uh, I get a, I, I'm just gonna close, I'm gonna read the lyrics one more time and just think about the structure. I'll read the dance structure and then the lyrics, and then good night, okay? So just think about this. When you have a need, you go somewhere, you search for it, you find it, you take it, then return and change things. You need go, search, find, take, return, change. And these are the lyrics from Nothing from the chorus line. I'm so excited because I'm going to go to the high schools of performing arts. I mean, I was dying to be a serious actress. Anyway, it's the first day of acting class, and we're in the auditorium, and the teacher, Mr. Carp, oh, Mr. Carp. Anyway, he puts us up on stage with our legs around one another, one in back of another, and he says, okay, we're going to do improvisation. Now you're on a bobsled, it's snowing out and it's cold. Okay, go. 
every day for a week we would try to feel the motion feel the motion down the hill every day for a week we would try to hear the wind rush hear the wind rush feel the chill and i dug right down to the bottom of my soul to see what i had inside yes i dug right down to the bottom of my soul and i tried i tried and everybody's going whoosh whoosh i feel the snow i feel the cold i feel the air and mr carp turns to me and he says okay morales what do you feel and i said nothing i'm feeling nothing and he says nothing could get a girl transferred they all felt something but i felt nothing except this feeling that this bullshit was absurd but i said to myself hey it's only the first week maybe it's genetics i don't have bobsleds in san juan second week more advanced we had to be at table Thank you.